On today's Locked On Texan podcast, Cody and I take a look at the final injury report for the Baltimore Ravens division around game and how can Houston stop some of the Ravens trends along with Houston and their own positive trends. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 welcome. It's Friday. It's 24 yes, hours before the division around game. Yes, sir. And this is your Friday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your Texans football analyst, John, some sports guy Hickman. And on the other side of the screen, I'm going to have Texas boots on the ground on Saturday. Boots on the ground. Cody will be out in Baltimore at the Ravens. Ooh, it's going to be cold. Oh, it's going to be cold. Oh, man. Watch out for Omar Little. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so y'all see the wire. But Texas Credential Media member, Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. If this is your first time watching or listening to the Locked on Texans podcast, thank you for stopping by. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. If you are one of our returning listeners, lending your ear for another episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, thank you for coming back. We can't wait to discuss a couple of things with you guys. First and foremost, we will be diving into the YouTube comments today. It's been a while. And personally, I would love to take a day, maybe when the season is officially over for the Houston Texans, but take a day, maybe two segments to just give the fans the love the uh the the respect the the voice you know just give you guys your moment here on the Locked on Texans podcast we'll look at stopping the Ravens trends and I also want to throw in some of the good things the Houston Texans do well we open up today's show with the final injury report versus uh the Baltimore Ravens today's episode is brought to you by Prospects the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use code uh, lowercase locked on NFL mm. for a first time deposit match up to $100. Cody, you were out there at practice, boots on the ground in, in Houston at the NRG Stadium. You're going to have boots on the ground in Baltimore, right? Yes, He's always around mm. your team. We talk about it every day. But the final injury report for the Houston Texans, how does that fare out? And, and let's get into that. Man, this has to be one of the most healthiest injury reports that we've seen in a very, very long time, which is a good thing. I mean, the only big-name player that is questionable for Saturday's game is George Fent, unfortunately. He's dealing with an illness as of right now. So, of course, as of right now, we really don't know how bad he is down sick, but the best part about it is, Tuesday, Wednesday, he was out there on the field. I did see him in the locker room. He was, you know, looking good, looking healthy at the time. So, you know, hopefully this is something that he could just, you know, get by really, really quick because, you know, when you take a look at the Ravens defense, especially their front four, especially their front seven, they're definitely going to need all hands on deck on that offensive line. And George Fant, look, I'd rather take the Houston, Texas chances of pulling off the upset with George Fent other than not having him. But the only player that the Houston Texans have ruled out as of right now is Jerry Hughes. Everybody else, especially Will Anderson Jr. and Jonathan Gennard, those guys were limited in Thursday, but they are expected to play Saturday. However, 
the biggest thing surrounding this injury report doesn't even have to do with the Houston Texans. It had everything to do with the Baltimore Ravens because, yes, they are adding Mark Andrews. As right now, he's listed as questionable for the game. I'm fully expecting him to play. However, and this could be big for the Texans, cornerback, one of the best DBs in the league, Marlon Humphrey, has been ruled out for Saturday's game against the Houston Texans due to a calf injury. Look, we said here a lot on this show, we do not wish for injuries regardless of what is going on throughout the season. But the reality of the situation is um, the Baltimore Ravens, they will be taking the field without one of, if not their best defensive back that they have on their roster in Marlin. And I'm looking at it from a standpoint, maybe just maybe that could kind of in a way even out what the Houston Texans have going on when you take a look at the wide receiver court because we already know you don't have Tank Dale nor Brown went down with a shoulder uh, season-ending shoulder injury last Saturday. So I'm looking at it from a standpoint, if you don't have Marlon Humphrey, how is that going to affect the, Houston, the the Baltimore Ravens' ability to not only contain Nico Collins, who is by far wide receiver number one, but say if we have that John Mechie game we've been talking about, say if we have that Robert Woods game that we've been talking about. So it's just one of those situations where the Texans, they might have a small break in terms of their wide receiver unit versus the Ravens' secondary. Yeah, and, and make no mistake about it, uh, Marlon Humphrey has been huge for uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Excuse me, mm-hmm. this year he's he's battled some injury this year, uh, has not played a full season this year, but when he's on the field uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, only allowing twelve point four yards per catch, has only allowed one TD this year, does have one interception, four pass breakups, and uh, only allowing. 50% of the passes to be completed his way. Marlon Humphrey has been very good for uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, again, 236 yards allowed. This is in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This is in 10 games. So he's a guy that has been with the Baltimore Ravens for the start of his young career back in 2017. He knows that defense. He understands what makes that defense go. And I think when you remove a player like that, it's kind of like taking away, you know, Derek Stingley in a sense, right? He's He's been there not only – not the longevity-wise, but he's been with this franchise since last year, off-season programs, preseason, you know, the, the whole nine. And so when you remove a player of that dynamic, it's going to be hard for that team to replicate and find somebody that can do the same thing or close to it as what that player can. So losing Marlon Humphrey for the Baltimore Ravens I think will be – uh, a big for for the Houston Texans' favor, and I think that Baltimore will have, will have a tough time, you know, trying to figure out who can they find to step in and replace Marlon Humphrey, who has been very good for the Ravens this year when he's been out on the field. Uh, he has only allowed the highest he's allowed this year was 92 yards in the game against. According to PFF, I do want to put that out there because a lot of people have beef for PFF right now. But according to PFF, the biggest. Um, the biggest game he's allowed this year was 92 yards in the Charger game. But he's had games with zero catches allowed, five yards, nine yards, five yards, five yards, 20, 20. He's been good for that defense when he's been on that field. Mm. And so for Houston, th- this is a team that's banged up at the wide receiver group. You have Nico, who is your surefire go-getter. But everybody else is still trying to figure out who can make a play. Mm. Having Marlon Humphrey out helps Houston offensively. Mm-hmm. 
Tremendously, I think so. And so we're looking at guys who could possibly have big games. We mentioned John Metchie, who had a very good game, uh, his first playoff game. We mentioned Will Robert Woods step up and, you know, will be will he do something? Somebody has to do it. And this is an area of opportunity that I'm interested to see can Houston take advantage of. I'm not saying that they will, but can somebody else be a efficient, impactful wide receiver two, wide receiver three, now that the Baltimore Ravens are hobbled a little bit? Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll find exactly what you're looking for. An eBay Motor Guarantee Fit, your part your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all of the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. The NFL playoffs is hot, and right now, it's no better time to get in on the action than with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150. Win or lose in bonus bets. The app is easy to use, guys. They got same live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab and make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup or walk-in touchdown type of win. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Welcome back in Locked On Texas listeners and viewers. Cody, the Houston Texans do have a real shot to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Listeners, the Houston Texans have a real shot to beat the Baltimore Ravens. Fans, the Houston Texans have a real shot to beat the Baltimore Ravens. However, with that real shot, Houston, got to tighten up on some things. When you look at taking on the number one team in the AFC, presumed MVP runner, a uh, winner, excuse me, Lamar Jackson, who we, we, we believe he was going to win his second MVP this year. Houston has some trends. Baltimore has some trends that I think both Houston needs to avoid and Houston needs to do a better job of being consistent with doing. Number one, the Houston Texans allow 11.2 points in the second half of games. Do you remember the Bucks game, how close that came down to? Hmm. The Bengals game, how close that came down to? Some of the games that were closer than maybe what it should have been, the Houston Texans defense, I think because maybe they're on the field a little bit longer, the offense at times this year has gotten stagnant, complacent, and not necessarily be able to sustain drives. That has led to the defense allowing 
this team allowing 11.2 points in the second half of games and 15.5 points in the second half on the road for Houston to have a chance. And 30 of those points came for that New York Jets game. Remember that game, how bad that was? And Houston was not able to offensively, they were not able to sustain drives. You want to avoid that. For Houston to have a chance to win this game, they have to replicate the success in their last three games where they only allowed 4.3 points in the second half. Baltimore will score points at home. So for Houston, Hmm. they have to be prepared for that offense, which in fairness is a much different team from week one with the Ravens. uh, That Ravens team faced the Houston Texans in week one. You look at Lamar Jackson, he was still learning a new system from an offensive-minded coach who thrived at the college level. They were still working in some of those kinks, right? Uh, The Ravens score an average of nearly 17 points in the first half at home and almost 15 in the second half. This is at home. Houston is traveling to the Mm -hmm. Baltimore Ravens where they've had some monster games offensively at home. Remember that the Ravens are the third-ranked Scoring offense in the NFL. This will also be Houston's first elite quarterback since when, Cody? When was the last time Houston faced an elite quarterback? A true elite quarterback? I would probably have to say Cincy. Joe Burrow. This is the first time they are taking on an elite quarterback since they played Joe Burrow two months ago. So they got to be ready. Got to tighten up defensively. The Ravens run the ball more than and more successfully than every team in the NFL. And they are ranked number one in in attempts and yards per game. Let me tell you how Houston has fared against the top 10 rushing teams this year. The Ravens, number one, 110 yards, 3.4 yards per carry. Lamar Jackson did lead that team in rushing yards with 38. So if you take away what Lamar did, Houston fared well the first time against the Baltimore Ravens in containing that running offense. Probably one of their worst of the worst performances of the year. The number four overall rushing team, the Cardinals, 123 mm. on the ground, 4.9 yards per carry. Kyler Murray, also a dual threat quarterback, had 51 yards on the ground that game. The number ninth overall rushing attack team, the Falcons, only 96 yards. yards per carry on that game. And the Colts twice over 350 yards on the ground combined from both games. This is a team in the Houston Texans that have beat up on a lot of bottom half teams in terms of running the ball, right? Mm -hmm. Even when you look at once the Tennessee Titans, they started to break down, the offensive line started to break down, and it wasn't the same Derrick Henry that could carry that offense with all of the adversity. They did a very good job of shutting Derrick Henry down. But I think for Houston, they have to do a good job of containing, putting a spy on Lamar Jackson. That has to be a part of their defensive game plan, which D'Amico Ryans and Matt Burke, I have no faith that it will. When they get a shot to bring them down, when they get a shot to sack them, when they get a shot to force him out of the pocket and the pressure that's in his face is maybe forcing him to have a, a, a bad throw, an errant throw, or maybe you can, you know, turnover on downs or maybe a turnover, whatever the case is, you got to make sure that you capitalize when you have the opportunity to do so. Another trend, which plays in the favor of Houston. They got to protect protect uh, CJ, right? You don't mm-hmm. win this game without CJ. 
And the first time the Ravens and Houston met, Baltimore was able to sack C.J. Stroud five times. Now, Houston does favor in games this year where the second time they play their opponent, the sack total is less than what it was the first time. First game against the Browns, three sacks. Second time, zero. Coach, six in the first matchup, two in the season finale. And Houston has to be aggressive. This is a trend that I think everybody wants to hear. They got to be aggressive and they got to score early. The Texans are seven and two in games this season where they strike blood first, putting points on the board. Four and five in games where they didn't score first, and this includes the playoffs. So I think when you look at the NBA, it's a game of runs. When you look at the NFL, it's a game of trends. What trend does one team do well and another team don't? What what trend does one team do a very good job of taking away and one team is able to implore their will on the next guy? The Texans got to get on the board first. They got to strike early. They got to be aggressive. This isn't a game where you can, you know, maybe not play a full quarter, for, 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 for a full game, excuse me, and they got to do a very good job protecting C.J. Stroud. And the numbers mm-hmm. say the second time around, this team, this offensive line who's been banged up, has fared well when they got an opportunity to go up against the person, the player, the team, the defensive front, the front seven, whoever, the second time around, maybe because they got some tape on them. But I think this is a winnable game for the Houston Texans. Two things really quick. One, I'm going to start with the trend that you gave with them, you know, in a, in a Russian defense. The one positive that I would take away from that is the game that you highlighted the first time against the Ravens, the Arizona Cardinals, the Atlanta Falcons, and, of course, the two games against the Indianapolis Colts. Four of those fives came during the early part of the season, and that was during the time when they were still trying to figure out what they were going to be and how they was going to attack. Quick, quick story. Um, I was talking to Bourbon Jordan one day last week, you know, talking, talking to him, asking him about, you know, getting ready for the playoffs and stuff. And I remember asking him, you know, one thing about this team, you guys always knew that you guys could be in this position, um, regardless of what the outside world was saying. And he said, yeah, we always believed that we was a playoff team, even when we started off 0-2, because we were still trying to figure out what we wanted to be, how we wanted to play, and how are we going to learn, develop, and grow with the new coaching staff that they got. And that's very telling, John. And I'm glad that you mentioned that trend because a lot of the success that we have been seeing from the Texans and the success that, that they have had at Stop of the Run came during the back half of the season. By the way, you're looking at guys, on, especially more so in the front four, they're going to have an extra boot from – Derek Barnett. They're gonna have a they're gonna have an extra boost from Khalil Davis. They're gonna have an extra boost from Tierra Tart if he is isn't a healthy scratch. And I do believe that he's going to play this time around. The reason why I'm bringing up those type of guys is because he, he heck, I even throw my Jay Sanders in there because we saw he he make a, just a little bit of noise against the Cleveland Browns. You are looking at even a roster, a defensive front that's going to rely on guys that they didn't have at the early start of the season. So that's very telling. But the number one trend that you talked about, and it goes back to what I said last week, and it goes back to whether or not he should accept a head coaching job for this upcoming offseason. And that's the trend that you gave that they only allow how many they only score how many points like 11 and a half in the second in the second half. 
the defense uh, allows. Oh, the defense allows. Yeah, the defense allows 11.2 points in the second half of games. 15 and a half on the road. Okay, okay. So that still goes back to what I was talking about in terms of looking at Bobby Slowey staying aggressive because, John, you said something that caught my attention. Maybe it's just because the defense is staying on the field too long. And I 100% agree with you. However, it's only because the offense, a lot of times in the second half of those games, Bobby Sloyd will take his foot off the gas. And once again, I'm looking at Bobby Sloyd and I'm thinking to myself, in order for this team to have a very realistic chance to dethrone another playoff opponent, he needs to make sure that he stays aggressive for all four quarters, just like what we saw against the um Cleveland Browns on Saturdays, Saturday, and not like what we saw against a game that you highlighted, the game against Cincinnati. Remember, they was up, I believe they went up like 20 to 7 at one point. Bobby Sloyd took his foot off the gas. The defense started being on the field too much longer. And then next thing you know, Cincinnati ended up tying the game and there was there was about to lose that. So it's going to be very important once again, man. I just think more so than the players, that coaching staff is going to have a lot of – that coaching staff is going to be very important for them to lock in and see what they need to do in order to defeat the Baltimore Ravens on both sides of the ball, but more so Bobby Sloat staying aggressive because like the example that I gave last week, I'm going to say it again. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Back in 2017 – when the Jacksonville Jaguars lost in the AFC Championship game to the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, um, former head coach Doug Peterson was asked, how do you defeat the New England Patriots if you get up on them? He said, you have to stay aggressive. You cannot get complacent and take your foot off the gas like Jacksonville did in the conference championship game. Yeah, another thing Houston got to do, they got to convert on third downs. They got to convert on third downs. If you got an opportunity to sustain drives, Bobby Slug, you know, CJ in the offense, you do that because the last thing you want to do is keep giving that ball back to Lamar Jackson. I think this defense is going to play well. I don't think Lamar is going to have a crazy day, but the more opportunities he gets to throw some of them haymakers, eventually one of them punches is going to land. And when it do, the defense is going to feel it. The team is going to feel it, and now you're looking at a Baltimore Raven team, number three in the NFL in scoring. They may just get their juices flowing, and now they feel like, oh, yeah, we got this one in the bag, and that's going to be spelling trouble for the Houston Texans. Prize Picks is the daily's largest fantasy platform, a sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you versus the numbers. You're not battling thousands of other players. You're not battling pros or sharks. You picked more than or less than on two to six player stat projections. Sit back and watch the winnings roll in. Prospects is some of the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season and NBA season as well. You just pick two to more, two or more players. Uh, you sit back and pick the more than or less than on their player stat projections and inflation entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from Specials League, a league created specifically for the combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, Jalen Green and Nico Collins at nine and a half, a combo of three-pointers made and receptions. I, I'll probably take that because Nico Collins is probably going to give me uh, eight receptions, and so I just need Jalen Green to make two threes, but 
Then again, I may lose money on that one. You never know. Uh, you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promo tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Pick community each week. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first time deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com or download the app on your phone. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Welcome back in, locked on Texans listeners and viewers. It's going down Saturday. It is going down Saturday, and and this is one of those games where I don't want to pick a winner or loser. Mm. <laughs> um, for one, I, so let me say this before we get to the YouTube comments. I think Houston is going to go out there fighting, swinging, and giving it all they got. I think Baltimore is going to take the game. And I didn't want to say that because I don't want people to say, well, stay on the other side. You don't believe yeah, they, they're say that. They're going to say that regardless. <laughs> I didn't want none of that. Um, but I, I think that I don't think it's going to be a, a built-to-butt type of game. Mm-hmm. I think this this could possibly be, oh, man, this could possibly be like a Triple G and Canelo the first time they fought. This could be a, a damn good game. Two two quarterbacks going at it. Two, two you got playmakers on both sides of the ball. Nico Collins, Zay Flowers, both sides you know, on both sides of the ball. You got a, a, a good defense. You got Derek Singley. Then you got you got the, the the Queens, and you got the the linebacker group over from Baltimore. Mm. Um, I need I need Jalen Petrie to have a great game. I do. Right. And that leads me to the YouTube comments because this was a, a comment that I thought we needed to look at. Uh, Bryant Kofi 2709, he is one of many to comment. Brown stepped it up in the first Titans game too, and he had a couple of other good games. I think if he stayed healthy and they had to keep him, he would continue to, to develop even though he's older and contributed more and more to the season. Of course, it makes more sense to look elsewhere first, Mike Evans. Thanks for the perspective on Jones. But that's in favor of Robert Woods. It's 2A1 H-Town. Robert Woods has Super Bowl experience. You got to line him up because experience is valuable in the playoffs. Now, should they put them in rotation as well as Wood, Mechie, and Hutchinson? Robert Woods did have some big plays this year, to say the least. Should it return next year? No, but right now he gives the Texans that veteran presence that they are going to need in Baltimore. Cody, do you agree that Robert Woods is going to be an impact player, you know, somebody that Houston is going to lean on Saturday? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that is the conversation that you and I had when you asked me um, who should be, I think you said, like most impactful um, given the – Injury status to Noah Brown. Uh, was it John Mechie, Xavier Hutchinson, or Robert Woods? And I just take a look at Robert Woods and I'm just thinking to myself, this is why you went out and added Woods to this roster. This is why you gave him that contract that you just can't stand. But this is why he has been 
a veteran voice within the locker room. And I just think it's moments like this that he he might be the key in giving CJ and giving his offense and giving his team that extra oomph that they might need. Matter of fact, that they will need in order to get this victory on Saturday, man. And, you know, I know Robert Woods haven't had the greatest season here in Houston, um, but I do agree he has had made a couple moments. He had he has had some moments, uh, more so early on in the season when everybody was still trying to find their way, um, especially, you know, in those first two games right before Tank Dale just exploded on the field. But I definitely, I definitely believe that um, Robert Woods, man, if we put it like this, when we do our recap show Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, and we're sitting here talking about Robert Woods as one of the most impactful players in the game, especially in the victory, I would not be surprised. Hmm. Um, okay. I, you know, I disagree with that, but uh, <laughs> here's another tell. comment that uh, Gerard Gordo 7975. I think the tight end needs more touches. Now, that is what I agree with. Hmm. Tight end group combined for two TDs over 100 yards uh, against the Browns, and, and both of those guys between Braven Jordan and Dalton Schultz. I thought they did a very good job of getting open. We all know that Dalton Schultz want that one drop back. Mm. They did a very good job of helping impact the line of scrimmage as well. Listen, uh, that was one of those plays. I want to say it was a uh, five-step drop, but whatever it was, you saw Braven Jordan pop Miles Garrett. Mm. So things like that, you talk about getting them involved – they 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 shouldn't just be impacting the passing game, and you want them to impact the passing game. But those two guys, especially Brevin Jordan, man, I can't speak enough. I can't wait to talk about Brevin Jordan in the offseason when the season ends. But those two guys has an opportunity to help Houston and that offense drag along by being multi dynamical, multi multi dimensional for that offense, blocking, catching, right, uh, uh, just doing some of the small things that help that O line out. Uh, against a defense that is the number one ranked sack defense in the NFL. Give John Mechie an opportunity. He's coming along. Got a lot of Mechie support here in the comments right mm. now. Uh, will John Mechie replicate the success he had Saturday? He has to. He, he has to. Plain and simple. It's all hands on deck. <laughs> and when you look at this wide receiving core, especially considering you know without a shadow of a doubt, Nico Collins is going to be near at the top of their scouting report. Um, a John Mechie breakout game will be phenomenal, man. He 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 has to what he had like four catches for like 45 yards. Um, I know he had I think that it was three, big, three catches for three, 45 yards, and then he had a wraparound reverse for like nine yards. Yeah, for nine yards. And I know on the Texans second scoring drive. But the first drive that ended in a touchdown, because remember the first scoring drive they had was a field goal. But um, I want to say C.J. Stroud had connected with him on third down, if I'm not mistaken, for like 27 yards. Mm -hmm. And that was a Great play. focus on that catch. Yeah, and that was the play that kept that drive alive. And that's one of those small plays where it's like exactly. – that's, that's one of those plays where it's like that's what helped this offense get into its momentum at a very early stage in that game last Saturday, man. And, and I look at it from a standpoint, you know, if he drops that pass or if they don't connect, you know, who knows how different the offense would have ran. But, you know, it's moments like that. As of right now, I'm looking at John Mechie. I need you to be that kind of kind of spark to get this offense moving, to move the chains, especially like that. 
Last one, Chris Childs, 368. Greatest rookie season for a quarterback ever. Ooh. I'm going to say this, guys, and I hope you've stuck around to this point. <laughs> when you look at most valuable, mm -hmm. you got a quarterback that stepped in and took a team that was 313 the year before him, 4 mm -hmm. and 12 the year before him, 4 and 12 the year before that. Mm -hmm. They've only won 10 games in three years, one tie. They were laughing stock of the league. They were the losers of the league. And all this turmoil, if you look at the, what he did this year, I don't know how many different offensive line changes this team has had. Your second uh, your second weapon goes down several mm. weeks ago. Your best you friend at that. Your, 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 your buddy who you called up to get drafted. For the first six or seven weeks in the NFL, you virtually had no run game. Mm. Um, your best defensive player, arguably, and Derek Stingley Jr., he was out for a, a chunk of that. So you look at most valuable. <laughs> I mean, how, how could you not say that CJ Stroud isn't actually the most valuable player, uh, at least quarterback? We know this is a quarterback award, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but shout out to CJ, man. I, I have no beef with nobody saying the greatest rookie season for quarterback of all time. But RG3 still has something to say about that. Mm -hmm. RG3 was a dog, if y'all remember. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening to the Locked On Texans podcast. This Friday's episode. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment uh, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until later on today for the playoff edition of Locked On Texans. <laughs> Peace.